0: Chapter 26 Annette had run into some trouble. The trip down to the cargo room hadn't been bad. She'd only run into one carrier, one of the first stages, and had blown a hole into its ashy-withered skull with the first shot. She'd passed under a sleeping RE3, but it hadn't stirred from its ceiling bed, and it seemed like the other creatures still lurking in the facility shadows hadn't yet figured out that they were free. Either that, or more of them had disintegrated into mush than she had imagined. In any case, she'd be gone before she had to worry about it either way. In all, she'd made it to the cargo room hall in under three minutes, and had punched in the key code with a sense of grand accomplishment. The high from the shot was wearing off, but she was still feeling good, until the hatch to the cargo room refused to open. Annette had tapped the simple code in a second time, more carefully, and Nothing. It was one of the only doors in the facility that didn't open automatically on failsafe triggering. But it shouldn't have been a problem. There was a verification disk in the slot beneath the controls. The disk that was always there in spite of Umbrella's insistence that only the section heads were supposed to have access. And of course, upon checking, she'd seen that it wasn't there. That it wasn't where it was supposed to be. Someone had taken it. Annette stood in front of the locked hatch in the empty hall and felt the first bright trenders of panic reach into her mind, hysteria that she couldn't allow to take hold. The lab's going to blow up, and I've wasted four, almost five minutes, and now where's the goddamn desk? Easy, take it easy, you're okay. It's okay. A gentle echo, a whisper of reason in the shining hall. She'd simply have to take the elevator from a different level. She had in the master key, she had a weapon, she had time. Not much, but enough. Breathing deeply, Annette started back toward the hall that led to the stairs, reminding herself that all was well and it didn't really matter, that Umbrella was going to pay whether or not she made it out alive. She didn't want to die. She wasn't going to die. But the gleaming, blood-splattered corridors and once sterile labs were going to burn either way so there was no need to panic. And as she turned right, and moved quickly down the connecting hall, her footsteps loud and hollow in the silence, a ceiling panel crashed down in front of her, and an RE3, a liquor, dropped down to the floor and screamed for her blood. No! And it fired, but only hit its scrabbling shoulder as it darted forward, reaching out with one deformed claw to swipe her. She felt a sharp, red pain in her forearm and fired again, shocked and disbelieving, and the second one caught it in the throat, and it screamed, blood spraying from its torn neck, its trumpeting shriek and a garbled and spitting cry as it lunged at her again. The third shot blew into the grey jelly of its brain, and it flopped to a spasming stop just inches from her trembling legs. Gasping as she realized how close she'd been, and it looked down at her bleeding arm, at the thick scratches that had torn through her lab coat. And something gave Something in her mind, her racing mind, her pounding heart, the blood and the liquor. William's liquor dead on the floor in front of her. All of these things whirled and danced, spinning in a circle that came together and focused into a single, stunningly simple thought. A thought that made sense. A thought that made sense of it all. It isn't theirs. It isn't theirs. It was so clear so crystal clear she couldn't run from pain because pain would forever find her wherever she ran she had proof dripping down her arm william had understood but had lost himself before he could explain before he could tell her what she really needed to do she had to confront her attackers and make sure they understood that the g-virus wasn't theirs because it didn't belong to them but will they understand Can they? Maybe. Maybe not. But she was so overwhelmed by the profound simplicity of the truth, she knew that she had to try. To make them see. The work was William's. It was his legacy, and now it was hers. She'd known that before, but now she knew it. A ray of light in her mind that made everything else trivial. Not theirs. Mine. She'd have to find them. Tell them. And once they accepted the truth of it, They would have to leave her alone and then if there was still time she could go her own way at first she needed another shot smiling her eyes wide and starry annette stepped over the liquor and started for the stairs leon thought he had shots he was in some kind of a surgical bay the first room at the end of the passage that he'd taken after leaving ada And he looked up from the pile of crumpled papers he'd found, listening. But the distant cracks didn't repeat, so he went back to his search. He rifled through the pages, desperate to find anything beside the endless list of numbers and letters beneath the umbrella letterhead. Come on, there must be something useful in all this. He wanted out. He wanted to get Ada and get the hell out. The disemboweled corpse slumped in the corner was reason enough. But it was more than that the very air of the room of the hall outside the room and he was willing to bet of every room in the facility was just wrong stank like death but worse there was an atmosphere of something darker something immoral evil they performed experiments here and they ran tests and god knows what else here and they'd created a zombie plague they created a monstrous demon that attacked ada They'd murdered the entire city. Whatever they meant to do, they were practising evil. Evil on a grand scale. The transport had taken them into a secret umbrella facility. And it was a big one. From the numbers on the walls, he knew he was on the fourth floor. Whatever that meant. And the catwalk he'd taken to get to the strange operating room was only one of three choices. It stretched over what had to be 60 or 70 feet of open space. The Bottom to it lost in shadow. He didn't know how DP and Ada had come, and he really didn't care. What he wanted was a map like one she'd found in the sewers a clear and simple diagram with an arrow pointing to out. And it ain't here. Frustrated, Leon pushed the useless papers aside and saw that there was a computer disk lying on the steel table that had been hidden beneath the stack of chemical readouts. He picked it up, frowning. For Cargo Room Verification, was printed on the label in smudge block letters. Sighing, Leon slipped it into his pocket and rubbed his aching eyes with his right hand, his left arm basically useless again after carrying Ada from the left. He didn't want to look for a computer to see what was on the disc, and he didn't want to go wandering from room to room looking for the exit, seeing what atrocities umbrella had played with before they'd shut themselves down. He was tired and in pain and worried about Ada and he decided as he walked back to the door that he should go back and talk to her. He wanted to ease her mind, saying that he would find the way out, but the place was just too goddamn huge. If she even knew the direction or could remember the floor number, Leon opened the door, stepped into the hall and a woman with a gun was standing in front of him, a 9 millimeter pointed to his chest. She was bleeding, thin streams of crimson pouring from one arm and dripping down her dirty white lab coat. And the look on her face, the strange, wide-eyed, glassy look that played across her features, told him that making any sudden moves would be a very bad idea. Oh, Jesus, what is this? You murdered my husband, she said. You and your partner, and the girl too, all of you. You wanted to dance on his grave, but I have news for you. She was high on something. He could hear it in her high, trembling voice. And see it by the way her skin twitched and ticked. He kept his hands at his sides, keeping his voice low and calm. Ma'am, I'm a police officer and I'm just here to help, okay? I don't want to hurt you, I just... The woman dipped her bloody hand in her pocket and held something up. A glass tube full of some purple fluid. She grinned wildly, raising it over her head, the gun still trained in his chest. "'Here it is. It's what you want, isn't it? Listen to me. Do you hear me? It isn't yours. Do you understand what I'm saying? William made it, and I helped him. And it doesn't belong to you.' Leah nodded, speaking slowly. "'It doesn't belong to me.' "'You're right. It's yours. Absolutely.' The woman wasn't even listening." You think you can take it, but I'll stop you. I'll keep you from taking it. There's plenty of time. Time for me to kill you and Ada and anyone else who tries to take it. Ada. What do you know about Ada? Leon barked, taking a half step forward, no longer feeling so calm. Did you hurt her? Tell me. The woman laughed, a humorless, insane cackle. Umbrella sent her, you stupid shit. Ada Wong miss Love him and Leave him herself. She seduced John to get the G virus, but it's not hers either. It's not it's not yours, it's mine. A massive shock rocked the floor, pitching Leon to the ground, a rumbling vibration that shook the walls. And crash. Pipes and plaster rained from the ceiling, a thick beam striking the woman down with a dull thump. Leon covered his head and spits of concrete and white chunks of drywall slapped at him. And it was over. Leon sat up, staring at the woman in shock, not sure what had happened. She wasn't moving. The metal beam that had struck her still hanging from the ceiling, one of her arms pinned beneath it. And a cool, clear voice suddenly blared from the hidden speakers somewhere in the walls. Female, calm, and punctuated by the rhythmic bleat of a honking alarm. The self-destruct sequence has been activated. This auto-destruct sequence cannot be aborted. Harper's now should evacuate immediately. Leon scrambled to his feet, took one running step towards the fallen woman, and reached down and plucked the glass cylinder from her outstretched hand, shoving it into his utility pack. He didn't know who she was, but she was too crazy to be holding anything in a test tube. Ada. He had to get to Ada, and they had to get out. The throbbing, screeching alarms blasted through the echoing halls, chasing him through the door to the catwalk, Along with the indifferent sounding female's repeating message of imminent destruction. The recorded voice didn't say how long they had, but Leon felt quite certain that he didn't want to be around when the clock ran out.